Welcome to the Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture. Recently, the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association took a major step by joining in a lawsuit against the state of Minnesota for its adoption of California's zero emission vehicle mandate. The lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Minnesota challenges the legality of the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency rules requiring that new cars, light-duty trucks, and medium-duty vehicles in the state meet emissions limits set by California and that the state matches California's requirements for the sale of zero-emissions vehicles. On this Field Talk podcast, Faribault County Farmer and MSGA Vice President Darren Johnson joins us to discuss why the soybean growers joined the lawsuit. Darren, obviously, Minnesota soybean growers uh, joined in a lawsuit against the state of Minnesota. I guess what, uh, you know, what are the organization's concerns that uh, caused you to take that step? Well, so basically, I'll start out, you know, um, and talk about who is involved in this um, lawsuit along with us. Um, it's the Minnesota Service Stations and Convenience Store Association, um, along with uh, F- Clean Fuels Development Coalition and ICM Incorporated, uh, and also Minnesota Soybean Growers Association is involved in it. And right now, so basically, the the rules impose two things. There, it's an an electric car sales quota and and also separate greenhouse gas emission standards. Um, and the thing is, with us, you know, it's it's not like we, of course, we support um, um, Governor Waltz's goals um, of reducing um, carbon emissions. Uh, we just we want to make sure that the approach that um, is being taken on that is going down the correct path and also that farmers and people that are involved with it have a seat at the table because right now um, we truly believe it to just be um, it's just bad policy um, and we just need to make sure that this is is done correctly um, and that we're not forcing anybody down um, any avenue that they don't want to be because we'll get into it a little bit too talking about uh, you know, biofuels, where we're at today, um, what it took us to get there. Uh, so we've got a great thing going in Minnesota here, and we just want to make sure we keep it. Now, obviously, going this route is, you know, kind of an unprecedented thing, I guess. Why was it that you and the other groups deemed it was necessary to kind of take this step? Well, the reason that we are taking this step is we need, I mean, we've, we've worked very, very hard in Minnesota um, to build up um biodiesel and biofuels where it is at today uh with agriculture is almost 30 percent of the gdp um in minnesota um we're going to be passionate about uh about about protecting our industry and the time and the effort that was stuck into it um, because we built that up with with no dollars put behind it uh so yeah we've we've worked long and hard um to get it where it's at today and uh, the the biofuels industry is is very successful and as far as when we start talking about a carbon footprint standpoint um, we have we have the resources available that we've taken and showed that our carbon footprint is less than what it would be going the electrical route by using biofuels um, you know we just need to be able to sit at the table have a rational um, discussion about it and make sure that this is uh, taken in the right direction. I mean, I think you're going to re- agree with this too, Dan, that, you know, we're not going to, I mean, electric 
electric vehicles, all, I mean, that technology has changed dramatically in the, in the last five, 10 years. And for that path, it's, it's gonna, yeah, it's some, it's gonna happen. Um, to what extent? Well, I mean, that's to be determined. Um, but we want to make sure that there's a combination um, of biofuels that are working along with this, uh, you know, so uh, we just want to make sure that the right decisions are made along the way and that we're not just forcing anybody um, to go down that path. And for us, you know, looking from a, at a, from a farmer's standpoint, which I'm a farmer, um, you know, this industry is very important to us. Um, because not only from a biofuel side, it, it's from, from a feedstock standpoint, you're getting 80% of a soybean goes to meal, 20% is going to the oil side. Um, so that's going to go to the biofuel side or to the food side. Um, you know, so as we start ramping, ramping that up, and if we are producing um, some more soybeans in the state of Minnesota, you know, we're getting more oil, we're getting more, uh, more meal, which in turn for us, it's a great opportunity for Minnesota because um, Minnesota not only, I mean, beans, soybeans are our number one export. Uh, so we have a ton of opportunity there, not only exporting the meal, but also the opportunity to feed that meal. So if we're feeding that meal, well, that's going to provide opportunity to also export more meat. Um, so we've got to look at the big picture. We just need to slow down, think about it, look at the big picture. And ultimately, this is us, um, you know, standing up for farmers is what we're doing. No, obviously, standing up for those growers is, uh, you know, an important part of what you're doing. And has, have you gotten any response? I understand, you know, you're, you're certainly not the, the attorney and not involved in the legal, um, you know, profession from this. But uh, have you gotten any sort of response to this lawsuit that you and the other groups have begun? Yeah, um, as, as far as from from the state, you know, so this is actually it's a federal um, um, lawsuit. Um coming back to the state yeah and we haven't gotten any um response back from the state as of yet uh we did we were just um up on the hill in st paul um here last week uh so we had some very interesting discussions good discussions and it's so important for us as an organization to be able to make sure that we're still we need to keep um, we, we need to make sure we're keeping these relationships. Um, it doesn't matter whether the, you're Democrat, Republican, it, it, it makes no difference. The relationships that we have um, with all them folks up there is so important. Um, and we're still, we're still having um, really good conversations with them. And they know, they know that uh, agriculture is, plays a huge role in the state. Um, so this isn't a one or two year look at something. This needs to be, this is 15, 20 years, um, you know, because just even thinking about it from a, a diesel supply standpoint, um, what is that, what does it look like from a diesel supply standpoint in the state of Minnesota? Um, you know, when we, when our refiners start ratcheting down, you know, because the way the crude is cut, it's like 62% from um, a crude barrel that's gasoline. Um, 22% diesel. Um, so you obviously aren't getting as much diesel and we, we need to make sure as farmers we're able to actually protect that. And um, biofuels is going to be a huge component to that. Um, 
in the future uh, to make sure that we have the diesel um, available to be able to power our tractors. Um, you know, and we sometimes we forget about the refining process as well and what, what else that does. The potholes that we've got in Minnesota, for instance, um, and you know, I mean, if you've driven down these roads, there is a lot of them and they are quite large right now. Well, that the potholes are fixed with um, things that come back off from the refining process. You know, our asphalt comes from that. So let's, these are just all these little things that we need to seriously think about um, how do we, how do we manage that in the future? If we get, um, if we get pushed down a, a path that we're really, we're really not ready for. So as far as the process now, do you know what, how this is all, you know, progressing in, in some of the next steps in this whole uh, lawsuit? Um, you know, so as far as um, where it's uh, progressing, you know, we don't really know yet because we haven't, there hasn't been basically, basically we're no comment is what we're getting on it um, um, right now. Um, and, and as far as, and I'm not going to dive down the legal path at all here, but um We've we've really got a, a really a pretty um, good shot at it um, because basically what it comes down to is uh, we're not compared. This is an apples and oranges thing. This isn't apples to apples, um, and that's the problem that we have. So the thing we we have to remember when we're looking at biodiesel from a carbon standpoint um, compared to um, electric vehicles or clean cars uh, tailpipe. Emissions. There obviously is not a tailpipe on a um, on an electric vehicle, but you have to remember it has taken a fair amount of energy to get that vehicle to be able to drive down the road. Um, so we are not comparing them equally right now, and that's 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 the most important thing to us is that we're looking at it and and, and saying, hey, let's actually get this down on paper and show you. Slow it down. Let's take a look at it and let's be realistic. Well, obviously, I mean, to the the north and west, I mean, we have North Dakota that has a, a, a large growth in soybean crushing, and much of the driver is for the oil and for, you know, I know one of the plants, and specifically every drop of oil that they produce is going to be made into renewable diesel and sent out to California for those low carbon fuel standards. So obviously that's an indication that there is a place and, and there you know, can and should be a place for uh, biofuels in this whole lar low carbon fuel, uh, I guess, movement. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, and, and we know, and we know that um, we know. I mean, we we did the research on it. Um, we know that there is, uh, yeah, and you do. There is um, there there's is several options uh, for renew whether it's renewable diesel, renewable hydrocarbon diesel, or biodiesel, um, and that's these the different plants that are producing that. Um, yeah, they're they're growing and rapidly expanding. The biggest thing is um, we know that uh, our soybeans um, play a huge role in that because um, of the, the quality of the diesel that comes out of actual biodiesel that's made out of soybean because the lubricity is so much higher that it's just, it's just better um, on your um, engines. And what it really comes down to when I was talking before when we were comparing apples to oranges or apples to apples is um, you know, uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, the, the land across it. So basically they're comparing it, uh, 
globally um, and the acres that are being used or coming out um, out of uh, back excuse me coming into production um, you know and Minnesota the United States we're we're losing land to urban sprawl every day um, and urban sprawl um, any in lots of different things wind solar um, many different things that we're losing um, land to um, but we're bringing South America into the into the picture they're bringing that into the equation they're using um, they're using them numbers uh, in that equation well well frankly that's that's not us and that's not happening here uh, and we have no control over um, what they're doing so we want to make sure in Minnesota that we're looking at Minnesota and we're doing it correctly in Minnesota um, yeah California is um, is yeah there's a huge demand there um, for renewable diesel um, you know so it's it's just it's a little bit confusing times in that uh, in that marketplace too, you know, because California they're kicking um, things out so quickly too that we're trying to kind of piece that together. You know, I just uh, read that they want to um, they want to outlaw um, all diesel um, engines by I believe it was twenty thirty five if I remember right. So I mean, it's just. We need to rationally think about this thing uh, to make sure that uh, that we're doing it that we're doing it correctly. Because, you know, I mean, just a few biodiesel stats. You know, using B twenty, um, it removes almost two hundred forty five thousand vehicles from the state um, roads every year just by using um, um, B twenty. And we had talked about, you know, the GDP, what agriculture does for Minnesota. Uh, you know, and it's huge, huge, the jobs, um, the biodiesel industry, um, you know, the dollars that it adds uh, to a bushel of soybeans. It's so important. And we just want to make sure, um, make sure that, uh, like I said earlier, that we are, we're getting a seat at the table, having a good discussion about it. Because, of course, we are concerned about um, our carbon footprint. I mean, it would be foolish of us not to be. We always have been. Um it's just we've looked at it differently with technology. We've had, you know, we've had we have a lot of different options that now are available to us. But it's all that's all happening so quick too. We're just trying to, we're honestly trying to digest all all of that as well. Well, and as as you mentioned, Darren, there have been so many things coming so quickly, and and some of the practicalities are that. You know, there's there's a lot of logistics, a lot of things that would have to happen to make some of these goals even reachable, which in in many cases may not even be you know practical at all. So I guess what uh, I mean is kind of your um, end end goal to have a, something that's more of a you know a diverse portfolio, so to speak, where there is room for biofuels. You know, if folks need the you know want, want to use that option as well as electric vehicles, if people want to go that route, but just to have have more of a balanced look than trying to push all one one technology or one approach or, or what's kind of the end game I guess in your mind yeah yeah for sure well let's let's first look at the infrastructure that we have in place right now um, we have infrastructure that works um, we have a great biofuels infrastructure we don't we don't have the electrical infrastructure um, yet for that uh, you know so is it the combination of them both working together someday yeah I think absolutely that that probably is, is gonna happen um, but let's make sure that we're we're actually looking and 
comparing and looking at um, the same numbers. You know, like when I was talking about the indirect land use across um, globally, looking at that, this it's just not we're not viewing each side the same. It's apples and oranges. Um, so we just as a farmer. Um, let's make sure that we have the right people at the table and are having the right discussion and that it's good policy um, that we're kicking up, kicking it out and going through the right channel uh, also um, and that our legislators also have the opportunity um, to be able to review it as well. And I'm guessing this is something that uh, we'll certainly be uh, paying attention to here in the coming uh, you know weeks, months, whatever, as this progresses. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I mean, right now, the help that we need um, from from Minnesota Soybean Growers Association is we just need to make sure that um, uh, you are a member. Um, this isn't uh, this isn't a cheap path for us um, to go down, but we know this is the right thing to do. Um, but there's power in numbers, and we are a grassroots organization that is driven by membership. Uh, so it is so important to make sure right now that we do have um, our membership up to date um, to make sure that we are able to to fight the fight. We truly appreciate the support. Um, and this is, we are, like I said, we are a grassroots organization and this is farmers representing farmers. And we, re we truly appreciate the support uh, that we are getting from farmers right now. Thanks for joining us. Get the latest in farm news and market analysis from your local LFN affiliate. And find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com, on Apple, or Spotify.